Book Two, Chapters Two to Eleven of History of Animals by Aristotle. Translated by Darcy Wentworth Thompson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Two. With regard to dogs, some doubts are entertained, as some contend that they shed no teeth whatever, and others that they shed the canines, but those alone. The fact being that they do shed their teeth like man, but that the circumstance escapes observation, owing to the fact that they never shed them until equivalent teeth have grown within the gums to take the place of the shed ones. We shall be justified in supposing that the case is similar with wild beasts in general, for they are said to shed their canines only. Dogs can be distinguished from one another, the young from the old by their teeth, for the teeth in young dogs are white and sharp-pointed, in old dogs black and blunt. Chapter 3 In this particular the horse differs entirely from animals in general, for, generally speaking, as animals grow older their teeth get blacker, but the horse's teeth grow whiter with age. The so-called canines come in between the sharp teeth and the broad or blunt ones, partaking of the form of both kinds for they are broad at the base and sharp at the tip. Males have more teeth than females in the case of men, sheep, goats, and swine. In the case of other animals, observations have not yet been made, but the more teeth they have, the more long-lived are they, as a rule, while those are short-lived in proportion that have teeth fewer in number and thinly set. Chapter 4 The last teeth to come in man are molars called wisdom teeth, which come at the age of twenty years. In the case of both sexes, cases have been known in women upwards of eighty years old, where at the very close of life the wisdom teeth have come up causing great pain in their coming, and cases have been known of the like phenomenon in men too. This happens when it does happen in the case of people where the wisdom teeth have not come up in early years. Chapter 5 The elephant has four teeth on either side, by which it munches its food, grinding it like so much barley meal and, quite apart from these, it has its great teeth or tusks, two in number. In the male these tusks are comparatively large and curved upwards. In the female they are comparatively small and point in the opposite direction. That is, they look downwards towards the ground. The elephant is furnished with teeth at birth, but the tusks are not then visible. Chapter 6. The tongue of the elephant is exceedingly small and situated far back in the mouth, so that it is difficult to get a sight of it. Chapter 7. 
Furthermore, animals differ from one another in the relative size of their mouths. In some animals the mouth opens wide, as is the case with the dog, the lion, and with all the saw-toothed animals. Other animals have small mouths, as man, and others have mouths of medium capacity, as the pig and his congeners. The Egyptian hippopotamus has a mane like a horse, is cloven-footed like an ox, and is snub-nosed. It has a huckle-bone like cloven-footed animals, and tusks just visible. It has the tail of a pig, the knee of a horse, and the dimensions of an ass. The hide is so thick that spears are made out of it. In its internal organs it resembles the horse and the ass. Chapter 8 Some animals share the properties of man and the quadrupeds, as the ape, the monkey, and the baboon. The monkey is a tailed ape. The baboon resembles the ape in form, only that it is bigger and stronger, more like a dog in face and is more savage in its habits, and its teeth are more dog-like and more powerful. Apes are hairy on the back, in keeping with their quadrupedal nature, and hairy on the belly, in keeping with their human form. For, as was said above, this characteristic is reversed in man and the quadruped, only that the hair is coarse, so that the ape is thickly coated both on the belly and on the back. Its face resembles that of man in many respects. In other words, it has similar nostrils and ears, and teeth like those of man, both front teeth and molars. Further, whereas quadrupeds in general are not furnished with lashes on one of the two eyelids, this creature has them on both, only very thinly set, especially the under ones. In fact, they are very insignificant indeed. And we must bear in mind that all other quadrupeds have no under eyelash at all. The ape has also in its chest two teats, upon poorly developed breasts. It has also arms like man, only covered with hair, and it bends these legs like man, with the convexities of both limbs facing one another. In addition, it has hands and fingers and nails like man, only that all these parts are somewhat more beast-like in appearance. Its feet are exceptional in kind, that is, they are like large hands, and the toes are like fingers, with the middle one the longest of all. And the under part of the foot is like a hand, except for its length, and stretches out towards the extremities like the palm of the hand. And this palm, at the after end, is unusually hard, and in a clumsy, obscure kind of way resembles a heel. The creature uses its feet either as hands or feet, and doubles them up, as one doubles a fist. Its upper arm and thigh are short in proportion to the forearm and the shin. It has no projecting navel, but only a hardness in the ordinary locality of the navel. Its upper part is much larger than its lower part, 
as is the case with quadrupeds. In fact, the proportion of the former to the latter is about as five to three. Owing to this circumstance, and to the fact that its feet resemble hands, and are composed in a manner of hand and of foot, of foot in the heel extremity, of the hand in all else, for even the toes have what is called a palm, for these reasons the animal is oftener to be found on all fours than upright. It has neither hips inasmuch as it is a quadruped, nor yet a tail inasmuch as it is a biped, except by the way that it has a tail as small as small can be, just a sort of indication of a tail. The genitals of the female resemble those of the female in the human species those of the male are more like those of a dog than are those of a man. Chapter 9 The monkey, as has been observed, is furnished with a tail. In all such creatures the internal organs are found under dissection to correspond to those of man. So much, then, for the properties of the organs of such animals as bring forth their young into the world alive. Chapter 10 Oviparous and blooded quadrupeds, and, by the way, no terrestrial blooded animal is oviparous unless it is quadrupedal or is devoid of feet altogether are furnished with a head, a neck, a back, upper and under parts, the front legs and hind legs, and the part analogous to the chest, all, as in the case of viviparous quadrupeds, and with a tail, usually large, in exceptional cases small. And all these creatures are many-toed, and the several toes are cloven apart. Furthermore, they all have the ordinary organs of sensation, including a tongue, with the exception of the Egyptian crocodile. This latter animal, by the way, resembles certain fishes, for, as a general rule, fishes have a prickly tongue, not free in its movements, though there are some fishes that present a smooth, undifferentiated surface where the tongue should be, until you open their mouths wide and make a close inspection. Again, oviparous-blooded quadrupeds are unprovided with ears, but possess only the passage for hearing. Neither have they breasts, nor a copulatory organ, nor external testicles but internal ones only. Neither are they hair-coated, but are in all cases covered with scaly plates. Moreover, they are without exception saw-toothed. River crocodiles have pig's eyes, large teeth and tusks, and strong nails, and an impenetrable skin composed of scaly plates. They see but poorly under water, but above the surface of it with remarkable acuteness. As a rule, they pass the daytime on land, and the nighttime in the water, 
for the temperature of the water is at night-time more genial than that of the open air. Chapter 11 The chameleon resembles the lizard in the general configuration of its body, but the ribs stretch downwards and meet together under the belly, as is the case with fishes, and the spine sticks up, as with the fish. Its face resembles that of the baboon. Its tail is exceedingly long, terminates in a sharp point, and is, for the most part, coiled up like a strap of leather. It stands higher off the ground than the lizard, but the flexure of the legs is the same in both creatures. Each of its feet is divided into two parts, which bear the same relation to one another that the thumb and the rest of the hand bear to one another in man. Each of these parts is, for a short distance, divided after a fashion into toes. On the front feet the inside part is divided into three, and the outside into two. On the hind feet the inside part into two, and the outside into three. It has claws also on these parts resembling those of birds of prey. Its body is rough all over, like that of the crocodile. Its eyes are situated in a hollow recess and are very large and round, and are enveloped in a skin resembling that which covers the entire body. And in the middle a slight aperture is left for vision, through which the animal sees for it never covers up this aperture with the cutaneous envelope. It keeps twisting its eyes round and shifting its line of vision in every direction, and thus contrives to get a sight of any object that it wants to see. The change in its color takes place when it is inflated with air. It is then black, not unlike the crocodile, or green, like the lizard, but black spotted like the pard. This change of color takes place over the whole body alike, for the eyes and the tail come alike under its influence. In its movements it is very sluggish, like the tortoise. It assumes a greenish hue in dying, and retains this hue after death. It resembles the lizard in the position of the esophagus and the windpipe, it has no flesh anywhere except a few scraps of flesh on the head and on the jaws, and near to the root of the tail. It has blood only round about the heart, the eyes, the region above the heart, and in all the veins extending from these parts, and in all these there is but little blood after all. The brain is situated a little above the eyes but connected with them. When the outer skin is drawn aside from off the eye, a something is found surrounding the eye that gleams through like a thin ring of copper. Membranes extend well nigh over its entire frame, numerous and strong, and surpassing in respect of number and relative strength those found in any other animal. After being cut open along its entire length, it continues to breathe for a considerable time. 
a very slight motion goes on in the region of the heart, and, while contraction is especially manifested in the neighborhood of the ribs, a similar motion is more or less discernible over the whole body. It has no spleen visible. It hibernates like the lizard. End of chapter 11